Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. If you're new around here, Tin stands for Travel Industry News, and on today's full episode, we're going to cover some of the biggest stories from this month. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. We've got a lot to cover, per usual. But before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. The countdown is on until I get to see you. I know, and I cannot wait, but in my head, I'm still a little bit jealous that you are heading over to Europe a week before me to do an amazing river cruise experience, so you'll be having all the fun for a week already. Yes, I'm super pumped, and I was just admitting to you that though I am usually carry-on or bust, I did check a bag to come to Orlando because I need to go shopping at Target and there needs to be space to bring home everything I buy. So I put my (laughs) check-in inside my, uh, I mean, my carry-on inside of my big check bag and I checked that whole thing. But now I'm having to repack everything for Europe in the carry-on and it's, it's a tight squeeze. I just can't even imagine having to figure out what to pack for two different climates Uh, For that amount of time, because it's like a week in a chillier climate and then a week in a Mediterranean-ish in May climate. (laughs) I actually have all of the stops on our trip in my weather app, although Siri can be a liar. And strangely enough, they're pretty close. Croatia has been a little bit cloudy, so it's a little cooler there. And one of our team members, Whitney, was just doing a Rhine cruise. And she said, really, you only need a jacket in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sort of bringing like a little sweater thing. I'm not even going crazy. But yeah, I'm excited. And I got to have some time here with family. Now it's time to move on to the really exciting stuff, I guess. But I'm a little overstimulated already. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Our listeners can't see us both, but like, I feel like we're all, we're both in the same level of like hair and a messy bun, like just bare minimum. I'm wearing my nightgown. I have a kimono on over it, but it is definitely under here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm having a rest day at my mom's, so I'm kind of just trying to take it super easy today and then tomorrow it's on. Yeah. I mean, that's always the best thing to do whenever you go home anyway is like, At least for me, I always feel way more relaxed when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. My parents usually have like a bullet list of things they would like me to help them with. But then after that's done, uh, it's more like, okay, I'm going to go take a nap now. (laughs) Yeah. She just offered to make me some coffee. It's just, it's It's so nice to be. Yes. So nice. (laughs) As we've spoken about before, I don't know about you, but there's literally like if I have 10 trips going, If I'm lucky, two of those 10 trips will go without a hitch Mm -hmm. if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. And two days ago, I had clients who were supposed to go over to Paris. The first flight was fine. I'm like figuratively biting my nails, so anxious, so nervous. Not that there's anything that I can do about the airline process, but I'm just 
prepping myself in case I needed to jump in and like, yeah. you know, take care of things. But they got to their connection fine. They're in Philadelphia. And then they were supposed to have an overnight flight over to Paris. And I get a message and she said, hey, we're delayed. So with a connecting city like Philadelphia, you can probably guess which airline it is. Um, <laughs> um, so their flight ended up getting canceled. And I am so grateful for these clients because they are able to manage things on their own. It wasn't like they called me to say, hey, our flight got canceled. What do we do next? Like, can you call the airline to get us? They knew exactly what to do. They were able to get everything set. And so all I had to do was reach out to my destination partner to just take care of the rest of the stuff, Ships notify the hotel, things, yeah. no, t- you know, change the transfers, all this stuff. And we know at this time, flights are not operating smoothly. Like if it happens smoothly, it's an exception, not the rule right now. Right. Um, so this article on Travel Age West really stood out to me because it's titled how American travelers can receive compensation for flight delays, cancellations, and other air transport issues. Obviously, the number one thing I tell people, I think you do as well, travel insurance. If you have mm-hmm. travel insurance, you're going to be way better off than if you don't. And thankfully, these clients, one of my most amazing clients, they had travel insurance because they always listened to me. So I knew at least they were taken care of on that aspect. This article goes to say flight delays, flight cancellations, lost luggage, tarmac delays, and getting booted off an overbooked flight are just a few of our least favorite things about traveling. And unfortunately, they have become all too common occurrences, thanks in large part to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we can plan things perfectly, 100% perfectly, and then this stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. So what if, this article asks, if travelers could also seamlessly receive compensation the next time their flight was canceled or delayed? While U.S. airlines are not legally required to provide compensation for such inconveniences, a European law does require that travelers experiencing qualifying challenges receive payment. And this article talks about a specific flight compensation company that helps U.S. travelers figure out if they qualify and to help U.S. travelers get compensation if they qualify. And this company is called AirHelp. What are the common misconceptions American travelers have regarding their rights to compensation on flights? Most Americans don't realize they are protected by European laws in the case of disruptions on international flights. Americans just think they only are, you know, covered under U.S. law, which doesn't really give much help, unfortunately. Um, But if you are on a European airline, um, and I think also it has to depart from the EU. Mm-hmm. So European law only flights that depart from the EU or are, are on an EU carrier are covered. So in these instances, travelers can claim compensation for up to three years after the incident. Um, things that are out of the airline's control, like weather conditions or political unrest are not covered. So if it's mechanical, like this particular airline's, Okay. Um, (laughs) Yes. We all know the airline I'm talking about, but sometimes you just have no choice. Like sometimes that is the only available airline that gets people where they need to on time if they're not canceled or delayed. But, um, you know, depart from the EU or on an EU carrier. Um, Are there any specifics that travelers need to know? For delays or flights eligible under EC261, which is that European law, 
All travelers could be entitled to up to $700 if they arrived at their destination more than three hours later than planned. Mm -hmm. So this article that we'll link in the show notes will give you more information about what if scenarios, questions that are answered, like what can travelers do if they're bumped from an overbooked flight? What about flight cancellations? Um, this has been such an eye-opening article for me because there is an actual organization out there that can help you get flight compensation. And of course, I'm sure they'll take like a certain cut or something. They've got to be paid for their service. But when you go from not knowing you could get compensation to like, hey, you handle all the paperwork for me and I'll get like a few hundred dollars of compensation. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things here that um, really spoke to me was why should travelers avoid vouchers when they are offered? And we've been at scenarios where the gate agents like, Hey, we oversold. If anyone wants to volunteer, our vouchers start at a hundred dollars. And I'm like, really? We're savvy now. It's either you start at seven or $800 or don't even auction yeah. off. These volunteer whole dollars. <laughs> oh my God. A no. hundred dollars. I could buy. I don't know. I can't even think of what I can buy with a hundred dollars. That would be actually valuable to me. No, it's not enough. So um, this article says, if, unless the amount is compelling enough, like if it is a really good offer, you know, go ahead and take it if that's something that you want. But when you take the vouchers that are offered, you are giving up your right to any additional compensation. Right. So if you're looking at potentially down the line, going after the airlines for this compensation provided by the EU laws, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. But so much good information on here. Check the link in bio or not the link in bio. What am I on Instagram? Check the show notes <laughs> for this link. Um, I think it's very eye-opening. At least it'll give you as an advisor more information on how you can advise your clients if they encounter a situation like this, which is becoming more common. Yes, it certainly is. And on that note, I just shuffled my articles around a little. I am going to cover one from Travel Pulse called what is cancel and interruption for any reason coverage? So uh, they say throughout the last few years, the significant changes in travel have continued to make people wary of booking a trip. The ongoing effects and uncertainties of the pandemic and new variants remain as well as the war abroad and fears that it could spread. So as the world continues to remain in a state of flux when it comes to travel, how can travelers protect not only themselves, but also their wallets? And I think we've all seen a lot of fluctuations in insurance plans over the last two years. You know, when you have to buy them and what it really covers, because, you know, one thing that a lot of people had to learn a hard lesson about is that cancel for any reason. Ha there's a couple loopholes, one of them being a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And also it's any foreseen reason, usually. So, I mean, unforeseen, excuse me, opposite, <laughs> any unforeseen reason. Um, so, you know, I remember trying to explain to my clients in a way that didn't put, make me liable, you know, you can't cancel because of COVID. <clears throat> hint, hint, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just say something else. 
So anyway, this article is kind of outlining um, the difference because IFAR is relatively new, which is interruption for any reason. So it says, due to the questions about these coverage options and the benefits they provide during unforeseen circumstances, our team put together information on what CFAR and IFAR are, what they cover, and how adding these options might be useful when preparing for your next trip. So CFAR is canceled for any reason. It is an optional benefit offered on certain trip protection plans that allows travelers to cancel trips for any reason not otherwise covered. So when you, even if you have CFAR, if you cancel for a covered reason, you usually can be reimbursed up to 100%. Whereas if you cancel for a non-covered reason, then it's usually something like up to 75%. I think I've seen 80 before. Uh, of the non-refundable trip costs, as long as the CFAR benefit is purchased within however many days of the initial trip deposit is required. So I think Allianz is 14, mm -hmm. Travel Insured is 21. You just have to check. And then um, I also know, oh, and this covers it. To have CFAR apply, travelers must also ensure subsequent travel arrangements added to their trip within a certain window of time. So if somebody's adding their air later or adding more components later, they need to be added right away to make sure you keep that intact. That goes for pre-existing usually as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they're saying, why was CFAR added to coverage plans? So CFAR was designed for travelers to cancel their trip for any reason they wish, not because a travel supplier causes them to cancel. So a few examples where CFAR might help is your pet becomes ill and you want to cancel the trip and stay home. You have a falling out with a friend and no longer want to vacation with them. You have an unexpected financial crisis and no longer want to travel. Uh, this also says you're fearful of contracting a new variant of COVID-19 at your destination. You got to be careful with that one, I think, and make mm -hmm. sure make sure that's, that's a slippery a, slope right there. That is a slippery <laughs> one. And then what is IFAR? IFAR is an important option for coverage plans in today's travel climate as it gives travelers the option to interrupt their trip once it's already begun. It's an optional benefit that reimburses travelers for usually up to 75% of their non-refundable insured trip costs for unused prepaid non-refundable trip expenses. It can also cover additional transportation costs to join a trip if a traveler leaves after their scheduled departure departure date, rejoins their trip from the point they interrupted it to the next scheduled destination or travels to their originally scheduled return or final trip destination. And it says this, there are many, excuse me, there are several requirements for IFAR as it expands coverage for trip interruption beyond the list of covered reasons. For example, IFAR is not typically available if the trip is not more than two days as travelers must interrupt their trip 48 hours or more after their scheduled departure date. Additionally, they must buy IFAR within the stated time. That's typically 14 to 21 days. Um, and it's important to get it right away when you book the travel insurance. Now they say that IFAR was added to, they're using seven corners in this example. It was added to their plans to provide improved coverage for customers in response to unpredictable events that can affect travel plans the way the pandemic did. So examples would be you're not comfortable with the steps your resort is taking regarding COVID-19 and you don't feel comfortable staying there. So you decide to return home early. Um, three days into the first leg of your trip, you have a disagreement with your host and want to leave. So you decide to go to your next destination early. 
you have a falling out with a friend with whom you're traveling and want to come home early, or you have an unexpected financial crisis and want to go home early. So a lot of the same reasons. Uh, the difference between the two, it says you should add CFAR to travel plans if you could potentially cancel your trip before you've departed. And CFAR typically requires you to cancel 48 hours or more before your scheduled departure date. And IFAR comes into play after you've already departed on your trip, but no sooner than 48 hours after departure. So, I mean, I guess ideally you would have both, right? Just to yeah. cover Just to yourself. be extra careful. Just yeah. hearing you list all the potential reasons why people can interrupt their trip is giving me such heartburn because I'm just like... Unless it comes with like a concierge service that can make all these changes for them, guess who they're calling? Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of insurance companies do have that though. There's like a 24 seven emergency hotline. So I would say if we're selling these products to our clients, we also need to make it very clear who they should call mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night. If they decide they're leaving or whatever, just yeah. go directly to the insurance hotline. Yeah. I feel like I haven't really heard of any scenarios of anyone using the concierge in that way because from what I've seen from the insurance providers that I use for my clients the concierge is usually we can make golf tea times for you or restaurant reservations or whatever it is that we would do like you know during the trip but nothing really on the lines of if you decide to interrupt your trip because you had a falling out with your travel buddy and you need to change your flight and you know all this stuff you call this number. That's our job then to make sure they understand that that's who they should go directly to just to avoid any additional delays. If anyone is listening that has had clients use that concierge number for an instance where they need to change their flight or anything like that, can you please let us know? Because I'm curious as to, I'm, I'm curious to hear what the process was like and what the experience was like on the client side. Yeah, that's a good idea. I want to know because I don't want to direct them to something and there's like, oh, no, we don't do stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that's precisely what they're really for. Although the other benefits, I know some insurance companies use the same um, company that Amex uses for those services, Mm -hmm. but they're also there just to help clients who are in travel make quick changes or find another available flight. That's Mm -hmm. totally what they're there for. And actually there are some travel advisors out there who refuse to book travel without insurance Mm -hmm. for that reason, because they want their clients to have that 24 seven and have it not be completely on them. So what if they book flights through the travel advisor And it's listed on the flight reservation as booked through a travel agency. Can the concierge for the travel insurance call in to help them fix that? Because it's not listed as under their travel agency. It's listed under ours. Well, theoretically, yes. Here's a big problem that we're getting. Now, once the client is checked in, after that, they should be dealing directly with the airline or the insurance can help them with the airline or we should be able to help them with the airline. Mm-hmm. However, because of all of the cluster, you know what, that has been going on, we're hearing of airlines trying to push people back to their advisor when their advisor can't really do anything. It has to be done through the airline at that point. Right. So uh, we're, we're kind of, 
we need to be educating our clients to tell them if they try to push you off, you say no. Well, I'm specifically asking like if they had a flight that was scheduled for a certain day and they wanted to leave early, they're not at the airport. It's not like they got canceled or was scheduled at the airport, right? Like they haven't left on their return flight yet, but they want to change it. They should be able to help them with that. I have not been in that specific situation. So unfortunately, I can't speak from experience. Mm -hmm. Although now that I say that, I think that particular situation is when they would, it's not an emergency. They're not in on route, right? So then that's when they would reach out to us first and say, I want to leave. But if they're missing a connection or something like that, the insurance company should be able to help them get on the next available flight. Well, that part I already know. Like that part is easy. It's just like if they buy IFAR, if they buy like, you know, those things, I just want to know that I guess in this case, it's better if you're booking flights direct on the airline's website versus through a consolidator or something like that. Well, yeah, I've, I've not felt comfortable working with consolidators right now Mm -hmm. because they're not always available after hours. Exactly. And so I don't feel comfortable with it right now. I hope we get Mm -hmm. back to a point where I can rely on those partners and go back to doing that because it can be a big uh, savings for our clients, but we can't afford to not get help when we need it. Exactly. Definitely so many factors to think about right now and Mm -hmm. a lot of um, different ways of handling our bookings. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things I've noticed for myself and all of the advisors that I work with is that we're all offering more insurance options. So I didn't used to book supplier insurance very often, but now I do because there's so many hundred percent cash back cancel for any reason. And that's what's best for my client if they want to cancel. Now, Mm -hmm. medically, you have to weigh that too. And so, and I also don't feel comfortable not offering a cancel for any reason option. So it's a lot more complicated than it used to be. And it's important for us to stay up on what's available, like an eruption for any reason plans. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. More opportunities, Teresa. Opportunities to learn. You know, just (laughs) thank you. Thank you for the opportunities. I am grateful. I am grateful. (laughs) My cup runneth over with, <laughs> with opportunities. <laughs> what do you have next? Um, this one's from Travel Pulse, and it talks about a meeting that USTOA held with leading members of the European Travel Commission and the European Tourism Association um, to talk about the updates on the state of European travel this year as it relates to how Americans are going to be impacting that. And I'm sure we've seen articles out there that talk about how the travel that Americans are taking to Europe is increasing by 600%. I don't know if you've seen that number or you've seen those articles. When I first saw that, I'm just like, yep, I believe it. Just Mm -hmm. looking at my calendar of clients traveling, I believe it. Whether that is brand new bookings or bookings that have been rescheduled from 2020, so many people are going to Europe right now. Yep. So um, Eduardo Santander, CEO of ETC, the European Travel Commission, and Tom Jenkins, CEO of ETOA, European Travel Association, um, they share their thoughts on the state of European travel and everything from new airplane routes to the US and the role of American travelers in Europe's economic recovery to the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
lot of factors to think about. Overall, both travel industry leaders were positive and optimistic about the return to greater tourism in Europe. Uh, Santander called it, quote unquote, real, tangible optimism. Mm -hmm. And the role that Americans are playing is so much more important and impactful right now because, A, a large population of the world is still not able to travel internationally, specifically travelers from Asia, countries like China and Japan, they have incredibly strict COVID protocols for both leaving, but also coming back into Mm -hmm. their respective countries in Asia. And so that makes it super difficult for people in Asia to travel anywhere. Um, In addition to that, domestic or intra-European travel, which is defined as travelers from one European country visiting another, it cannot replace the numbers of American travelers going to Europe, like pre-pandemic. There's no way that domestic travel is covering the volume that was taking place pre-pandemic. And that is why the fact that Americans are able to go to Europe is so impactful to them. We're seeing new airplane routes opening in different markets in the U.S., which to me, I'm excited on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm just like, what about your staffing issues? Are we going to have to worry about like booking our clients on these routes only to have potential cancellations yes. or scheduling things like yes. that? Yes, the answer is yes. And we all know that. But <laughs> this is real tangible optimism. So I'm trying to feel realistically optimistic with new airplane routes, with the number of Americans going there, one other thing people are thinking about is obviously the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on European travel. We've talked about this um, in previous episodes, but this particular article says the leaders at this um, meeting, it was a virtual meeting. The two leaders, they agree that safety concerns are the greatest issue for travelers, not actual real threats, but just the safety concerns. So while the states in the Baltic and around Ukraine are expected to be the most impacted by a lack of tourism due to the fear of close proximity to the crisis, both men also agreed that now was the best time to visit these places, not only because it's safe, because they need the support. I think that is something for the clients to decide decide whether or not they feel comfortable going to those areas. But it is true that those areas do absolutely need the support in terms of tourism dollars. So something to keep in mind. And I know you and a lot of other colleagues, you were in the Eastern European area Mm -hmm. recently, and I've seen multiple friends in the industry still there. I mean, they're traveling there, um, having such a great time over there. So weighing the pros and cons with your clients and figuring out if that's something they're willing to do. Right. Business travel in Europe still remains uncertain. And that's like the main negative In terms of numbers, they talked about business travel in Europe is not picking up the way that tourism is picking up. Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of companies realized how much could be done without travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody's loving it, but it is efficient and low cost. So I don't know... I'm curious to see how how that changes and evolves over time. Yeah, because I'm thinking about if I was the owner of like a huge corporation that did a lot of international travel, unless it's absolutely crucial for my employees to go in person to get something done, 
I don't want to have to deal with the additional cost and the headache of what if they test positive for COVID in destination? Like, am I going to be losing someone for, you know, two weeks and have to put them up in a hotel? You know, there's so many different factors to think about that. I think corporations, when they are considering whether or not they want to increase their business travel, you know, they might not want to go down that route. (laughs) And they may not ever just because, I mean, I guess at some point they'll learn whether it is mm-hmm. more expensive to take those risks and to have people traveling. Like they're, they're not getting as much business without the in-person or whether it isn't necessary. And if it isn't necessary, they're not going to go back to right. it. So right. who knows if it'll ever go back to normal, but I've got a couple of friends who work in industries where they travel a lot and uh, they miss it so much mm-hmm. and really want to get back to that. That's part of why they love the jobs that they have. Right. So right. interesting. Yeah. But I'm happy to see the leisure is up in Europe in spite of all the complications that have surrounded that. Agreed. I'm glad that my in-destination partners are able to have that income, to have that business. Absolutely. Well, should we uh, fire off some headlines? Oh yeah. Let's do some excess baggage. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Greece's vaccination requirement for inbound travelers ends next week. Starting on May 1st, Greece will no longer require inbound travelers to show proof of vaccination, proof of negative test, or proof of recovery from COVID-19 upon entry. Another one from them says that airline tickets are now 11% higher than they were pre-pandemic. Travel Pulse reports that Venice plans to charge tourist entry fees. City officials have enacted a booking system for single-day visitors to the Italian city that includes an entry fee and a trial run that the government hopes will not temper tourism but manage it. Another one from them says that travelers to Thailand will no longer have to undergo quarantine or testing for COVID-19 if they are fully vaccinated starting on May 1st. Travel Age West reports that Emerald Cruises took delivery of Emerald Luna, the line's ninth starship, on April 8th, ahead of its July 21st christening in Amsterdam. The 180-guest riverboat has already completed its first eight-day haul in Belgium and Bloom Voyage to start the line's 2022 Europe River Cruise season. Another one from them says that Lindblad has relaunched a former Crystal Cruises expedition ship new to the Lindblad... Lindblad Expedition's National Geographic cruise brand will be the National Geographic Islander 2, named after the original National Geographic Islander that it replaces. When the vessel sets sail in the Galapagos Islands year-round on August 18th, 2022. According to Travel Weekly, Atlantis Paradise Island in the Bahamas is set to embark on a multi-million dollar renovation, which will include a top-to-bottom revamp of its guest rooms and suites at in the Royal Towers and a reimagined Atlantis Casino. They also report that American Airlines' total business travel demand is about 80% recovered compared with 2019 levels with small and mid-sized business revenue approaching a full recovery. Travel Agent Central reports that the Czech Republic has lifted all COVID-19 travel restrictions for its citizens and international travelers. Visitors will no longer need to submit an arrival form or proof of vaccination or a previous infection when traveling from abroad. And though we've got several high notes today, this one is the highest high note. 
An article from Travel Agent Central says that the World Travel and Tourism Council's newest economic impact report has found that the travel and tourism sector is expected to create almost 126 million new jobs within the next decade. And that's it for excess baggage. That highest high note is like a Mariah Carey highest high <laughs> That note. is like, you got to hold your ear. Yes. Make sure your tone's right. <laughs> yes. As a reminder to everyone listening, all the articles that we reference in our episode can be found in the show notes. So if you want to go back, read some more, fact check us. We're just reading off of these articles, guys. We're not making anything up. Um, go ahead, check out those links. All right. Um, my next one is pretty short and sweet. And got to tell you, even though I live in Mexico, I'm not exactly sure how I should be pronouncing this, and I haven't heard anyone say it. The X in Mexico can be pronounced a few different ways, but it looks like it's secrets moshche, moshche, perhaps, but every time I read it in my head, it's mochi. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets moshche or mochi Playa del Carmen is AMR's newest adults-only resort. It is open. I saw the article, but to be perfectly honest with you, I feel like I've gotten most of my information from Lori Gold, who runs the Resorts of the Riviera Maya Facebook group, because she Mm -hmm. went and did a preview and posted lots of pictures. It looks phenomenal. I definitely want to go. This is an adults-only resort located on a strip of white sandy beach, not too far from Playa del Carmen's Mayan ruins, and just a 10-minute drive from Quinta Avenida, which is Fifth Avenue the famed Playa del Carmen shopping district. In total, the property offers 485 suites that AMR says offer a contemporary experience with an earthy feel. The suites range from 4,700 square foot presidential penthouse, which includes its very own private furnished terrace with a plunge pool to the 1,560 square foot master suite to the 668 square foot junior ocean suite. All suites include full bathrooms and their very own rolling in room bar. Accommodations also include a concierge level preferred club that gives guests access to personalized check-in and check-out, daily continental breakfast, afternoon snacks, access to a separate lounge and bar, and complimentary computer access. There are 11 on-site restaurants, including seven a la carte restaurants, a pool snack bar, and cocoa cafe with no reservations required. And for recreation, there are seven different beaches, along with three man-made, three man-made cenotes, which I thought looked really interesting, and one interior beach-inspired pool. All of the beaches and pools um, on site include weight service. So stays at the resort include unlimited international and domestic spirits, daytime activities, live nightly entertainment. We all know the drill. It looks phenomenal. I know it doesn't mention it here, but I think there is one section of it that won't be open until August 1st. And I can't Mm -hmm. remember the name of it, but watch out for that if you're going to book it. And go check out Lori's posts in the Resorts of the Riviera Maya Facebook group, which is honestly one of the best Facebook groups going. I agree. And it's only for travel advisors, I think. So it's not a consumer Facebook group. So you're not (laughs) going to get any of that garbage. Um, (laughs) So I am thinking as you're reading off those numbers, like that master suite, that's like 1500 some square feet. I'm like, that's better than the first apartment that (laughs) my husband and I had. 
probably bigger than my house. <laughs> uh, it sounds great. The pictures look phenomenal. The pools look super chic. And I just got to experience Secrets Punta, Punta de Mita or Bahia Mita is what they call it, I guess. And that was super cool too, architecturally, just really a lot more interesting. I've stayed at a lot of Secrets and I've enjoyed them all. Mm -hmm. um, but these latest ones they've been doing just are really edgy with the architecture. So I like that. Yeah. Um, my next article is from Travel Market Report, and it's six tips to be a more successful independent contractor. And I know when you talk about independent contractors, that could mean, I mean, in general, we operate the same way, but everyone operates things their own business way. Um, and I know you and I, we're both ICs with TPI. We have our own agencies, but we're under the umbrella of, of TPI. Um, and this article talks about how you can be the best IC possible and what you can do to help your business. But also, if you interact with the colleagues around you, you don't have to. But I know both of us, we do like yes. to interact with the other people um, who are also, I mean, not, not just under our host, but like in general in the industry. Yes. Although our host does a great job of encouraging that type of yes. relationship building, which I love. Yeah. I love the community because operating your own business can be incredibly isolating. Mm -hmm. So I definitely appreciate that. So this article says, despite the name, being an independent contractor doesn't or shouldn't mean operating in a vacuum. Host agencies and independent contractors should be in a symbiotic relationship that serves both parties. So this article talks about the tips that some of these ICs who were interviewed for this article um, mentioned. So one, um, be a team player. Be willing to assist any of the other ICs with situations they may have. Not necessary, but definitely something that's very helpful. And I know personally, I have learned so much from other ICs who were willing to share their best practices, especially when I was just brand new and green in the industry. Another one is to find a host that matches your values. And I think that is so important because when I first started in the industry, I was with another host. I didn't know better. I knew no one in the industry. So I just went to host agency reviews, looked at the different options. And I found one that looked like it did. It was really, you know, a good fit for me, but I didn't know what to compare it to. I had right. no one to talk to about, yes. you know, what makes a good host agency something that's a good fit for you. So, you know, obviously I switched. Not that they were not a bad, not that they were a bad host agency. They just weren't a good fit for me. Sure. They were great for other people there, but just not a good fit for me. So find a host that matches your values, whether that is, you know, um, culture, the company culture, whether that is like the way they, you know, support you and what you need. All of that is so important. You also need to consider, aside from the support, which is very important and the cultural match, what is it that you want to be selling? Because different host agencies are going to be a better fit. Like since I sell so many cruises, that means that TPI, along with Signature as our consortia, is a huge asset to me because of all the group space that they block. That doesn't mean they aren't super helpful in other areas too, but if you have a specific focus, you need to make sure that the host agency you're going with is a good fit for what you want to be selling. 
Which brings us to number three, know what's expected of you and what support you can expect. And so in this case, 100% right, you know, different host agencies, no matter what size they are, they will quote unquote specialize in different kinds of experiences. And so if you find one that you're with them for a little bit and you find that they're not really serving the niche that you want to be in or the niche that you are in, it's okay. Like you can just, there are so many hosts out there for a reason and they are good for different reasons. Yeah. Have a clear understanding of what services the parent company provides, what's not included, what type of support, etc. So make sure you know, ask around. Because um, I know a lot of folks, they might come into a host agency, they don't know what questions to ask and they don't know what is included and what is not. Um, take advantage of your host's resources and experience. Uh, one of the best aspects of being an IC is having a support net to fall back on if you need help. But not all ICs take advantage of the help their host agencies can provide. So figure out what it is. I know TPI is great with like the marketing portion. Jen Lee does a great job as, you know, she used to be like a small business consultant and she's able to provide really great advice for how you can bring your business to the next level. Build a solid book of business. Your, your host agency is a partnership. So the more business you bring in, the better they are um, supported as well. And lastly, don't be afraid to switch hosts. If you find that the current host isn't serving you, it's okay to go find another one. Yes. And also I think what happens a lot of times, and I just recorded a podcast with Whitney from Masters in Travel, but I don't think we'll hear it until June about whether you are, you want to plan travel or you want to be an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. something that you and I both have a team and our team is sort of hosted under us and we are all hosted under TPI, which gives them that overall umbrella that's so great, that huge volume that gives us a lot of purchasing power. And then they're on our smaller team. So they have much more handholding, much more mentorship. I think our team would probably tell you that one of the most valuable things when they started out was having someone to tell them which supplier to go check with. That Mm -hmm. alone was such a huge shortcut while they learned the ropes. So um, it's okay to like, say you think you want to do it all on your own and then you sign up with a big host and then you realize, Ooh, I definitely want much more mentorship than I can get with a giant host. You can join a team, a smaller team under your big host and have the best of both worlds. Yeah, and definitely take a look to see if that host is helping your bottom line. I remember the first host I signed up with, the percentage, commission splits, all those things just was not benefiting me. And I wasn't working under another advisor. It was me and my business. And I didn't know that there were other options out there because I just didn't know what to look for. Yeah. So pay attention to the commission splits, pay attention to... Um, you know, what they're able to offer you at the back of house. And um, I don't sell a ton of cruises like Kareen does. I do mostly like specialized like custom FITs. But even though TPI doesn't specialize in that, they offer me what I am currently needing behind the scenes. Right. So whether that's accounting, whether that's like introducing me to different people, getting me in the right circles, things like that, like that is currently working for me. I do want to push back just a little bit when you're thinking, not push back necessarily, but different perspective on the commission splits. It's important that your commission split isn't your number one 
factor because um, 100% or 90% or whatever it is of zero is still zero. So it's what's important to consider is what are you getting? What level of hand holding are you getting? Are you getting a lower split, but someone to help you make more money faster and give you that room to grow? Um, I think a lot of brand newbies just think this is going to be my own business and I should just get the highest level of commission, not realizing that it's now going to take them years longer to build a book of business. So in the long run, financially, the higher split isn't working in their favor. You just have to weigh split versus handholding. Yeah. Or you're like me and I didn't need any handholding and I was still giving up 50% of my commission. Yeah. I was like, this kind of sucks. Yeah, I did not need any help, but definitely look to see what fits you because as a business, like you do want to be making money. Of course. And that is like, at least but that's you always why want I'm to look at the big picture, not just the initial numbers. You got to think about what you're being provided, how, how quickly you can be helped to build your business, I guess. You know what I mean? Weigh the options. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based on time, I'm going to skip my last article, leave it on the high note that we've been talking about. So tell me what destination has been on your mind. Oh, I was really looking forward to talking about burnout, but I will talk about the destination <laughs> on our minds. <laughs> I think we've been talking a lot about burnout and I just decided to keep things going on an upward trajectory. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely fine because I feel like we're, yeah, I feel like I need to take a nap after this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the destination on my mind, because like we're, we are prepping for it, is Croatia. Um, but in a weird way, I'm like looking at what nail polish colors are inspired by Croatia so I can like- I like it. Paint my nails that color and I'm like, hmm, let me look at the buildings. What colors- in terms of dresses and clothes will fit really well with the surroundings and what will we be doing? So that is definitely on my mind. What about you? I like where your priorities are at. (laughs) (laughs) So also based on our trip, Basel, Switzerland is what has been really on my mind because I haven't been there. I haven't been to Switzerland at all. And I feel like a lot of advisors had told, have, have told me, there's really nothing much to see. But as you know, I'm going to go to the University of YouTube and start doing deep diving on uh, research. And it's supposed to be like the cultural epicenter of Switzerland. And it looks amazing. I, so, I'm shocked that advisors have said that because let me tell you my first experience with Basel. I was in college doing a semester in England and my friends and I, we had a two week break between like the month where they had international students come in to do like one month of orientation. We had two weeks and then the actual semester started. So during the two weeks, we're trying to figure out where to go. What we did was we pulled up Ryanair and EasyJet, and we just used the drop-down menu to figure out where we wanted to go. Yeah, love it. And Basel was one of those places, and I'm like, okay, let's go to Basel. Did not know it's called Basel, thought it was Basel. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, I'll go to Basel, Switzerland. That's fine with me. Knew nothing about it. Arrived in the city, and it was like home of Erasmus. And I'm like, really? Erasmus was here? And the overalls? 
vibe of the city. They have like these rivers, as you probably see in your um, in your research. You can take these really cute boats like across the river. It's just going from one shore to the other. But it's like you the no one's actually there's no motor. It's just like it's on a line. I'm not doing and, it. it <laughs> nope. That current looks very strong and I'm not trusting that little line. It was so fun. It's probably been <laughs> happening for hundreds of years. You'd be okay. But I have to send you the name of this chocolate shop that was so good. It's called Krebs. Sounds good. K-R-E-B-S, Krebs. And when we walked in there. It was like the ladies working behind the counter were from Whoville. Like they were like the cutest ladies, like super Swiss, like so helpful. I loved Basel. So I'm hoping you find the same. I didn't think it was boring or anything or anything like that. I thought it was I think we'll love it. And we were going to stay two nights, but then uh, a friend of ours who lives in Mexico that is from Canada told us that Shibanek is another place that she would live. She loved it so much. Oh, so I really? was like, then let's just go spend, well, let's do one night in Basel and one night in extra night in Shipnick. I don't want to miss mm-hmm. that. If our friend who lives in the same yeah. city we live in and loves it was like, I love it so much. I would live there. Mm-hmm. So we'll check I'm excited that out. To see that. Yeah. I'm trying to plan everything down to the minute, but obviously last minute. Cause I'm my worst client. So. <laughs> <sighs> um, well, what is something you're loving right now? Okay, this is probably going to sound dumb, um, but scheduling Ubers. I don't think I realize that you can just schedule an Uber from anywhere, anytime. And, you know, we don't have a car in Mexico. And sometimes we have appointments or we have a dinner reservation, whatever it is. And I just get up in the morning and schedule the Uber for whatever time. And they're always right on time. And that is so perfect for travel too. If you're somewhere where Uber operates and it's not morally reprehensible to use them in that destination, it's just such a great way to stay organized and not worry that you're going to be standing there for 20 minutes or it's, it's a game changer. And I think you get charged maybe a little bit more, but Uber's so inexpensive already, and especially in Mexico. So just having having it scheduled, knowing you're going to be picked up. There are some places where, you know, I tell my clients, I can hire you a private driver, but it's a six minute drive. Like it's going to be ridiculously expensive or something like mm-hmm. that, but you could yeah, just schedule the Uber and then relax. Mm-hmm. I like not worrying about details and I like never being in a hurry. So it's perfect for me. <laughs> I don't like being in a hurry either. And I also prefer not worrying about details, but things don't ever work out that way because I'm also my own worst travel advisor, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm like really trying to like plan things out more in advance the way that I would with a client because we deserve stress-free trips too. So it just requires better planning on my part. Yeah. Yep. I am also working on providing myself with more stress-free. It. I think it does help that between the pandemic and moving to another country during a pandemic, I just don't sweat things as much. Mm-hmm. So even when the whole thing falls apart, I'm usually still like, it's fine. We'll okay. figure it out. Yep. I'm still alive. We're surviving. This yeah. is still fun. Yes. <laughs> Give me a margarita. Yes. 
And what is something you're loving? Um, I couldn't decide. The first one I feel like is definitely something that I've been working on. Um, boundaries and sticking to them. Mm -hmm. I love saying no. It's easier said than done sometimes because in certain respects, I am so great with boundaries. Like I am able to put my foot down and say no. But when it comes to newer boundaries, because I always try and adapt my business model, at least for me, to where I am right now and what will make me better, not just like professionally, but also like personally. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized or that I've been experiencing is like, I am on the cusp of burnout. Like I can feel myself like getting right over the edge. And that's with me implementing all my boundaries already. And when I get to that point now, I'm aware of it and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what could I have done differently in the past in order to not get to this point of like being right on the edge? And you know, looking at different things in, in Lori's page too, she had recently put a Facebook post on that says like, Hey, are we handholding our clients mm -hmm. too much? Are we providing them too many things so that they are not, they don't realize that, Hey, we're adults and we also need to take responsibility while we're traveling. And like, when I read that, it really spoke to me because a lot of what we've been marketing to our um, audience is that we're able, we're here to help. Like we're here to help before, during, and after. And it's not to say we're not preparing our clients enough, but it's also important to say, hey, these are the things that you can do in destination if you encounter any issues. A 24-7 in destination number from a DMC. Um, you know, you have your insurance phone number if you should need that. If you're in the airport and you have a canceled flight, you can take care of that on your own. Your bags didn't show up. Go to the baggage claim desk in baggage claim. I can't help you with that okay. particular. So number one, even before the pandemic, Kate and Heather from Travel Pro Theory were asking this question on their mm -hmm. podcast. That was yeah. even before the pandemic. Now we know it's really gone bananas. And Heather wrote an email template and I have plugged it on my stories. I think you can still go to Travel Pro Theory. She has it up and she just donates the proceeds. I think it's still pay what you want, but she has an email called what to do if, and it's just like you were just listing. It was like, mm -hmm. if your flight is delayed or canceled, it's get to the counter. Let me know. We'll play a little game of who gets through mm -hmm. first. If you're right. not satisfied with your room, you need to go to the front desk. So it is, it does not hurt to fully bullet point in certain right common situations, this is what you do. Because mm -hmm. I am seeing so many advisors getting texts like, I ordered room service an hour ago and they haven't delivered it yet. What? What? What, what do I you want me to do? It's like my client who <laughs> called me and she wanted like a getaway from work. And so I have her like outside the city of Sedona in a beautiful resort, beautiful views, but in the middle of almost nowhere where you don't have signal because you specifically told me you want to get away from work. Yes. And you called me because the only place at the resort that you can get Wi-Fi is in the lobby and you need to get work done. You're going to call me like, what do you want me to do? Hey, Bright House, um, can you run another line? Yeah. Whatever you need to do, my client is not getting Wi-Fi in her room. So those are the little things where that's an exception, not a rule. Most of my clients are generally like 
you know, very responsible adults. But as people pleasers, I feel like I have to answer them. You right? Like, I feel, yeah, I just feel like it had, so I, I feel like that email that you're referencing from Heather is so familiar that I might actually have the email. So I'm going to double check. Oh, I, I remember don't, that I, you bought that, you bought that template bundle way, way back. So it's yeah. in there. It's and in there somewhere. It's an excellent one. And I send it out for everything so that I'm giving very specific mm-hmm. examples of things that if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. It's not saying I'm not here for you. It's empowering right. them to also take action exactly. on their own behalf. And exactly. I do want to say, even though I decided to skip my last article, you are not alone. 52% of advisors say they are suffering from burnout. 55% know someone who has recently quit the profession because it's too demanding or not worth it. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's also floods and floods of people coming in to replace them, but um, we are all feeling it. It's a lot of whiplash. It's ups and downs. It's Delta, then sweet spot, then Omicron, Mm -hmm. then sweet spot, then war, then sweet spot. You know, it's it's like you never know when the other shoe is going to drop. We just got to stick together. (laughs) It's the boundary that I, so this is my most recent one that I am like, I know I want to do it, but it's just really, really scary to actually stick to it. I like in my head, I'm like, I have so many people traveling between like April, May, June, like an insane number of people. And since nothing is really going smoothly, like I don't want anything to slip slip through their cracks, like even before they travel, during, like whatever it is. I am like 95% sure I'm just going to say no new custom FIT inquiries for all of May and all of June. I'm not taking anyone new. Because it's less, so last minute. Well, you just got burned pretty bad too. Like no new inquiries at all. Like not to travel in May and June, but like no new inquiries. Oh, you just need to take a break. Like just focus on my current clients who are either traveling or getting ready to travel within that time frame, And then like once June is over, I'll do new inquiries again. And I met this advisor on, on the waterways river cruise and she has been like, girl, that's what I had to do. She shut off her calendar for four months because she was just so overwhelmed with all her inquiries. And Q1 was excellent for me. And I don't feel like, I would be missing anything if I just said, if you want a cruise, great, I got you. You want, you know, something like a group tour on like, I don't know, an escort, a guided vacation, I got you. But completely custom stuff, I just don't have the bandwidth to do it for you. Well, you know what? I always say you can run your business any way you want to. And if that is what you need to do in order to keep yourself in a good place, happy and healthy, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and a place to move forward. Like the thought of doing that makes me want to pass out um, just because I'm like, I've been doing this so long and like the momentum yeah. Yeah. and I, you mm-hmm. know, and, but I'm also the sole breadwinner in my house. You know what I mean? Like right. if you have the space to do that and that is what's going to keep you in a good place, then that's exactly what you should do. And don't be afraid. Do it with confidence. Code yeah, because the, the moment that I made that decision, I feel like the universe was testing me because I literally got like five new inquiries like oh, the geez. next day. 
And I'm just like, oh. And then, you know, I have a Calendly set up and the first date available for a discovery call um, at the time was mid-May because we're going to be gone until like, I won't be back in the States until May 16th, like that week. And she was like, do you have any availability in April? And this was like a couple days ago. And I'm just like, if anything, I can refer you over to a colleague. And no, like I, this is where the sticking to the boundaries, like for right now of what I feel like I need in the business and figuring all that out um, really comes in. Cause I'm just like, oh, you've already like, this is, this is what you need. Like, don't be weak and like not stick to it. <laughs> it's always hard. Like when the rubber hits the road and somebody asks you for something and you've already yeah. made a decision that you don't want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, it's really tricky because I'm really narrowing my focus. And I have a lot of clients that I've worked with for 10 or 15 years. Right. And I'm having to say, that's currently not something I'm working on, but I'm mm-hmm. referring them. It's not like I'm right. leaving them high and dry. And I'm mostly referring them to my own team, which mm-hmm. is great, you know, but it's hard because you want to please those people. You don't want to say no to especially Mm -hmm. a repeat client or just something, you know, might make you some good money, but you really have to, once again, think about the big picture. Don't be short-sighted. It's not easy. I'm proud of you. Yeah. It's not easy, (laughs) but from what I've like the past couple of years, I know we've all made changes to our business models. And what I found was when I really stuck to what I said, my boundaries were, I got the clients that I wanted, like because you left a the space for them. Exactly, and one of the folks, um, she does business coaching. She uses use the term like spacious business. Like mm. you want to leave space in the business for the right people to come in so and true. work with you. And I feel like when I made those changes and, and stuck with those boundaries, I was able to attract the clients for the most part that I wanted with the budget range that I wanted. Love it. So TBD, TBD to see how it goes. Stick um, to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, I'm really loving trash TV. So that's, it's always good. I mean, selling sunset and the ultimatum on Netflix, please. Those are I my drug escapes. Uh, worst roommate ever, which is a hilarious title to me because they're talking about like murderers. <laughs> Yeah. Murderers and con people. That seems like a little light on the title, but it makes me laugh. And then I just started watching The Righteous Gemstones, which I'm cracking up over. So Uh, it is one of the best shows on television. So I highly recommend Righteous Gemstones. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative, made you feel a little little bit more connected and heard. Mm -hmm. Um, All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the tin lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. Thanks again for joining us in the tin lounge where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. See you soon. See you soon. Maybe from Croatia, maybe live. Yeah, we're gonna try. We're gonna try.